Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 53. Um, Today, I want to do some reading out of Deuteronomy chapter 30. And uh, But before I do that, I just want to take a moment to thank you for uh, following along. Uh, If this is your first time with the podcast, I, I appreciate you stopping in. Pray that the Lord speaks to you and blesses you through His Word and through what He desires to say. Um, All those listening from uh, different countries around the world, um, I appreciate you listening. And I pray that this adds value to your understanding, your perspective. I pray that it challenges the way that you see things, that it would stimulate you to dig deeper and seek understanding and clarity of God. So I pray that it does all these things and he multiplies it as he has done already. So I've been doing some reading throughout the Old Testament. I found myself starting in uh, around in Genesis and just kind of marching my way through and I've picked up many beautiful things as I've walked through these Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy and as I just um, finished reading Deuteronomy chapter 30 there was a a place that I've come across that it really left a deep impression on me and kind of challenged perspective that I've had and and I, I feel like I desire to to pass that question on. Uh, it's not that I want to provide an answer, but more so it's that I want to cause you to ask the question. And in your pursuit of the answer, pursuit of understanding, I pray that that God would speak to you concerning the matter. And maybe what I think is uh, is less relevant, but more so it's about asking the questions. And in my my personal journey with the Lord and, and seeking understanding, nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, nine point nine times out of ten, clarity and revelation comes out of a place of a question. And some of those questions get dropped into my mind uh, specifically just straight by the Lord, who he will he will ask me a question that will, that will spark a pursuit of seeking out to answer that question. 
sometimes as I read, things will strike me as though someone significant says something and you, it's like you go, wait, what was that? It, these moments of significance come in various shapes and sizes and various ways. But as I was um, reading this, listening to this chapter, I had that moment of, wait, what did that just say? And so I want to pass that on. So we'll, I'm just going to start reading through the chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 30. It's not very long. Um, but even if so, it's God's word and it's beautiful and there's much to be gained out of it. So we'll just jump in it and I'll inject some things that I feel led to do. So I have nothing prepared. This is just completely spontaneous, but I believe that it can be a blessing and an encouragement and maybe challenge some perspectives that we perhaps take for granted at least where I'm located you know, culturally in the United States. So, uh, well, let's just move in. So it's Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'll be reading from the NIV, although uh, I appreciate so many. I was listening to it in the ESV, but um, I appreciate so many translations. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1, it says, When all these blessings and curses I have set before you come on you, and you take them to heart wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul, according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. There's one thing I want to, I guess, say about this, what I've, what I've learned in general thus far out of Deuteronomy. Um, it's, it's, like a, it's like a retelling of Israel's story, um, we get a lot of the same story through Exodus, Leviticus, and so this is, we hear a lot of these uh, similar things, Numbers, that's another book that I've spent quite a bit of time in just recently before this one, and and so we see a lot of these same stories and so Deuteronomy is like a kind of this global retelling um, and so Moses is it's a he's approaching the end of his leadership uh, Joshua will be taking over for him and and here we find Moses um, detailing to the people the word of God the requirements that he um, requires of them some of the the laws that they are to uphold in 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 upholding righteousness and the standard in which God demands from them 
so he in this chapter is talking about their blessing after turning to the Lord. Okay, so uh, verse 4 will say again, Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. Hmm. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. The Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you. You will again obey the Lord and follow all his commandments. All his commands I am giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your ancestors. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay, before I go on to the next verse, which is really what I want to highlight, God is giving them a promise. If you do these things, if you keep my commandments, if you obey the Lord your God, keeping his commandments and his decrees that are written in this book of the law, you start going, you make your way through Deuteronomy and you see there are significant standards. And there are significant punishments for falling short of those standards or violating them. Either uh, intentionally there are severe standards and unintentionally there are significant uh, punishments. And so God is telling his people, if you obey me and keep my commandments and decrees that I have given you in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart. See, that's an important piece. It's not just about obedience for obedience sake. Obedience is a critical part. He ex God explicitly says it right there. You must obey his commandments, speaking to his people there, of that day you must obey, but also turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So there is a commingling of obedience 
and love. And I would say that one empowers the other. You love, so you obey, and you obey because you love. They are so intimately connected that you can't you can't really slice away one from the other. But both are a necessity. Both love and obedience. Um, John writes of that very thing in, in one of his letters. Um, he says, if, um, if you love him, you will obey him or you will do what he commands or you will follow his commandments. I believe Jesus uttered the same thing. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, now, keeping that, prefacing what I'm about to say with what we just discussed, God says, if you keep my commandments and decrees, that's a lot of commandments and that's a lot of decrees. That's a, what we call a very fine line to walk. Now, verse 11 now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Now, just let that process for a second. What I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Now, when I heard that, I was... I was taken back. I had to pause what I was hearing and chew on that for just a moment because when I take that at face value, it's telling me that what God is asking of them, which is what? To obey the Lord and keep His commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law. God is saying, what I'm commanding you is not too difficult for you. Meaning, you're able to do it. Now that flies, <laughs> that flies in the face of what we believe to be true. It flies in the face of what I believe to be true. I understand that Christ came, that he was, he was the sacrifice because man could not uphold his side of the covenant because man could not fulfill his agreement, his covenant with God. So Christ came to fulfill the law. Jesus made that clear in his in during his ministry that he didn't come to abolish the law, he came to fulfill it. And so I 
I truly believe, I mean, it's pretty clear based on, you know, the history, historical context, that man, humanity, didn't get it right. Man, humanity, didn't do according to what God decreed for him to do. But I've always believed and understood it to be that man couldn't do it. And when we read in Paul's writings in Romans and, you know, talking about our fallen humanity, our, our fallen nature, when we want to do right and we do wrong and we don't want to do wrong and and we goes back in that, you know, especially Romans 6 and Romans 7, he's, he makes it clear about the frailty of, of the humanity that lies with, within each man, woman, boy, girl. But I ask the question to you to consider are are we very quickly or too quickly dismissing the possibility that man humanity had every ability to uphold his side of the covenant it's an interesting question and one that i think bears some thought because as i read here What the text says, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Now, one, one could say that, well, you know, Moses is speaking here. Moses is speaking and perhaps he is speaking from his own position. Maybe he's not uh, speaking for God. In, in this particular context. And you'd be entitled to, to say that and possibly think that. I don't know that you would be right, but you would be entitled to think that, and I wouldn't hold that against you. But, but I don't know that we can say that um, safely that Moses is speaking not God and we all likely agree that God's word or what we have as the Bible um, we would all agree that it is the inspired speaking of God that which he has spoken and that and has been written for us to to learn and encounter and experience God. Now, this is a facet of how we can come to know him through his word. There is also a active encounter of what is God currently saying. 
I believe that it was God that paused me in my steps to to lay hold of that verse, of that sentence, to then put me on the path of asking this type of question. So, do we too easily dismiss the possibility that what God asked of man was not too difficult for him or her and them to obtain, to follow? I think we have dismissed it too quickly. Now again, did man uphold his end of the covenant? Absolutely not. If he had of, Jesus need have never died. So we fell, we sinned, we fell short, and we needed redemption. But remembering that Adam and Eve, the fall of them in the garden, as we can read of in Genesis, they marked the very beginning of the fall of of man. And so this is coming um, significantly after that point, you know, maybe 14, uh, 1400 years plus um, after, after that, that moment in time. So what God is saying to his people through Moses is what I'm telling you now in the form of how do you obey and keep my decrees. What I'm telling you now this day is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Reading on in verse 12, he goes on to say, it is not up in heaven so that you have to ask, well, who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? So his commands, his decrees, it's not something that's distant away from you to where someone has to go to this high elevated place and to bring it down and tell it to you so that you can obey it. Verse 13, nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. Now that's very interesting to me because when I think of what Jesus accomplished, there is a promise that we see down this um, in the Old Testament that is speaking of a time in which Christ would give us a new mind and a new heart and and the law would be written on our hearts or in our hearts. Now, this is, I would say, predating that declaration and this is very much Old Covenant era. And God's saying, the word is very near you. In fact, it is in your mouth and in your heart. 
this this sounds much like new covenant language in old covenant era hmm. so that's that's very fascinating verse 15 see i set before you today life and prosperity death and destruction god is telling them you have in two hands you have one hand you have life and you have prosperity life and prosperity and in the other hand you have death and destruction verse 16 for i command you today to love the lord your god to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands decrees and laws then you will live and increase and the lord your god will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess see they're not even they've not even made their way into the conquest of all that god has given them via the promised land because remember moses he he messed up and struck the rock twice and that's that's a, a very fascinating story and i was finished reading reading that through in numbers and i'd encourage you to look into that but uh, unfortunately moses unable to take the people into the the land of promise which is really i think a beautiful echo of of the, the of this new covenantal relationship that god has for his people And so God tells them explicitly, you see, in one hand you have life and prosperity and in the other you can you have death and destruction. You choose which you will partake of. And he says, if you obey me, if you keep my commandments and my decrees and my laws, then you will live and you will increase. And, and that God will bless you in the land that you are going to possess as you enter into it. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient. And if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death blessings and curses picture that in your mind in one hand you have life and you have blessings and in the other hand you have death and curses and he says now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the lord your god Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God very wonderfully sums it up. Love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice. 
Hold fast to him. Love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice. For the Lord is your life. So, as I leave you with that, we very easily discount what God put before humanity, before the the option of choosing life or choosing death. And we very easily also think that it was impossible for them to uphold. But I submit to you for consideration what he commanded was not too difficult for them to uphold and not out of their reach, nor out of our reach. So I pray that that you would draw near and love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him, for he is life. And in doing so, we will find the fullness of, and blessings of God. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. And in your house I hold up.